Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take Welcome, Welcome back. back. Oh my god, we said the same time. That was like the first time ever. That's because I can't see you. I'm like <laughs> dancing, um, but it's mostly because I'm tired. <laughs> you know, you know. I would say we're we're skyping today because you're sick. I don't want my germs anywhere. It's not even that I'm I'm as sick as I was last week. It's just because so many people I know have gotten whatever this is from you know patient X or whatever. I know it's highly contagious, so I don't know if I'm even being on the end stages, if it's still contagious, and I don't want anybody to And I can not out for the count, count, because, girl, this, like I was telling you earlier, like, yesterday was the longest Monday of my life. It wasn't anything bad, it was just long, and then I had a meeting, like, really late at 8 p.m., which I don't normally do, and after the meeting, I was like, all right, great week, and then I was like, wait a second, it's Monday. So I'm like, if that's how my week is going, I definitely don't need to get sick on top of that. Yeah, and it's been raining. Yes. Nonstop. If you haven't gotten any Florida people in your social media using the memes of us, like, hands coming out of water. (laughs) I've seen so many being like, it was Florida, we're fine. And it's just like a hand coming out of a puddle of water. So true. We've gotten, I mean, when you say it rains, it rains all the time, usually around the end of May going into, because it's hurricane season, we get an afternoon storm and it's usually like 10 to 15 minutes, maybe an hour if it's like a long one. It has been raining from morning till night nonstop for the past week and a half. So I haven't even like seen that in Florida. Like I grew up here and it's like, normally it's like the most you'd have is like an hour and it would be like an intense hour. Like it'd be wild. It'd be like lightning and thunder and just the whole thing and like some, like I wouldn't drive normally for an hour but then after that it's like sunshine and everything's great and you just know when the storm is depending on where in some Florida you are it comes at the same time every day like where I was living um like during college like it came like around 2 p.m so like I knew I was like I'm not yeah. gonna leave class I'm just gonna, like hang out you know on campus because I'm not trying to like get caught in it but yeah it's just been constant and like it's been so bad that the pool where I live like was overflowed so bad that like they had to shut down the pool for a few days and I guess they're like pumping water out of it or something. I don't know what they're doing. Oh man. Yeah. We this is the longest we haven't had rain today. It's yes. currently one twenty and it's not rained yet, but it's supposed to rain at two. So <laughs> yeah, and there's like, that. Because I have plans to go out at two thirty, so of course it's gonna rain at two. Oh my goodness. All right, Sky, I see how it is. But uh, other than that, it's rainy. It's end of May, so we're really getting into the summer, big summer month. I can't believe it's June already, which is second half of the year, business-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. Things have been, to me, they felt a little slow, but financially they have not been slow. So it's been less work, but at a higher rate. That's and so it's pretty, it's been okay. I mean, we have to, the biggest things right now are GDPR um, and Gutenberg which are WordPress, Gutenberg's all WordPress things, but um, the GDPR deadline is the 25th. And so just making sure all of our clients are GDPR compliant. And if you don't know what that is, please Google it because it's really long. Uh, But just basically the EU set out the standards that they're saying that everyone who has uh, online 
business or you know if someone visits your website you need to have a certain privacy policy outlined and you need to make sure that people are able to delete their data and that mm-hmm. is you know a lot of people i've seen in a lot of facebook groups that i'm in that people have been like oh do i need to worry about gdpr and they're like nah yeah in america and i'm like that's not what? true <laughs> what do you say or a what? lot of people a lot especially this week because the deadline you know is in three days and so everybody's been like oh that's not true you don't have to worry about it the eu ain't got time to sue you they're suing big companies that's not the point this is just the standard that every country is going to adopt so america will eventually adopt these laws so i don't know why you would be dragging your heels on this even if you've never had a person from the eu ever visit your website which i find highly unlikely uh, you still should be able to put in a sometimes you should always have a privacy policy that's best practice on having a website uh, the new yeah, release it, like, I don't, like people should have that anyways but. yeah the new release on WordPress basically was that um, there's a debate about whatever it's a major minor release it was a minor release I roll um, <laughs> but it included a the GDPR compliancy into the core so there is a privacy policy generator that is built into the new WordPress um, release 4.9.6, where you uh, once you update, it gives you an option to set a page as your privacy policy, or you can create a new privacy policy page that already has a privacy policy already outlined. That is super easy. That is GDPR compliant. It's not like you should also do your research to figure out what you need for your specific business, but it has everything that you need just for a general use. And it also has started putting in the uh, availability for you to delete user data. And then there's coming out with some different things, put that on the front end. So that's something if you're a WordPress person also, if you haven't heard, please Google Gutenberg. I don't have time to explain it because this episode's <laughs> long enough. And we t- I feel like I've been talking about it since the year started. <laughs> and I'm tired of talking about it. And I'm tired of people getting their underwear in a bunch about it. Because they're like, I didn't know this was happening. Houseway, how do you not know what's happening? It's happening in the next release. WordPress 5.0 is going to Gutenberg. The editor's going to change. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. I feel like that's all that's really going on right now, yeah. to be honest. In, the, in work, in, in business, where, I mean, there's all this stuff, obviously, all the time that we're working on. But that's been, like, the pressing... I'm sure a lot of people have been talking about yeah. that news. Every, like, it's all over, all over the interwebs at the moment. Oh, my goodness. Such a mess. But I'm excited about today. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited. I'm really excited about today um, because, you know, we love to feature people that are Orlando-based. And I already said this in the episode, but I'm going to say it again, that if you are in Orlando visiting, which a lot of you will visit Orlando, a lot of you have visited Orlando, um, it's like the number one like vacation destination in the entire world. So there's a chance that you might find yourself here or that someone you know might go. And if they do, I really highly encourage you to either yourself or send the other person to our other side of town, like the real Orlando area, like not just Disney, and go enjoy the small businesses there because they're honestly super amazing. Like I think just it's a testament like to how great you are if you can have like a business up in the, the, the like you know close to disney and people choose to go to your business over disney all the time and like that's how i feel about all the food like i mean we were just talking about how we drive 45 minutes to certain places in orlando because we're in celebration because the food is so much better and so we make that drive because it's worth it so you know if you're coming to disney if you're coming to universal you know just go ahead and head to like downtown you can go to mills you can go to the winter park area um, just all those different places and check out the food and eat it because it's delicious. And then you're supporting, like, it's awesome because you'll actually a lot of times, like, 
see the small business owners that you're supporting, which is great. Yeah. So don't just give all your money to, to Disney. Thanks. <laughs> and that's what this episode's about. Short term version. No, it's really awesome. Um we the guest is really she's amazing. She's she's my hero. I'm like singing like <laughs> like songs up in praises about her from just this interview and um what I've known about her business over the past couple years that I've heard about it and being able to support her products and actually have you guys and listen to. And this is to... a product that we both actually love it. Love like it. a lot. Love like, it. This is a product that we both This buy isn't sponsored. On... We bought it ourselves. It was expensive, yeah. apparently. I didn't know how much it cost because I just buy it. So. <laughs> the price is so delicious. It's not sponsored. Like, we just love the product. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you guys, listen, enjoy, share, tweet, hit us up, use the hashtag boss so hard. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. Everywhere. We're going. I have to go. My child has found my husband's battering and it's in her hands. <laughs> so I'm going to hang up right now and go save my child. Enjoy the podcast. We'll see Don't you worry. soon. Bye. Good morning and welcome back, guys. We're super, super excited because we have Ashley Renee, who is local in Orlando, and she owns a company called Sweet Utopia Milk Bar. Uh, Milk spelled with a Y, which makes it extra sexy, in my opinion. (laughs) I'm like a hot mess. I always tell, like, the whole time I'm talking about it to my husband, I'm like, we're going to go get our milk, but with a Y. Mm. Like, you have to use, like, a sexy voice, like, with a Y. Um, so I'm very excited. Thank you so much for coming on, Ashley. Welcome. And for those listeners who aren't hip to Orlando, plant-based eating or good drinks life, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your brand, and we'll get started. Um, so I'm originally from South Florida, and I always loved to be in the kitchen there were times where i would actually get in trouble for being in the kitchen but you know i got out of it with the good food <laughs> so um i moved to orlando for independence um i wanted to just get away from the norm from what i was used to and i went to ucf graduated with multiple degrees um worked for the state and a small engineering firm right out of college so, you know, mom and dad, they were happy, like, yeah, she moved and, you know, she didn't screw up. But, you know, on the inside, I hated it. I hated every part of clocking in and clocking out and um, someone telling me how much my time was worth. And so, you know, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go start a company because, you know. Why not? I work, <laughs> yeah, with the why. Thank you very much. Why not? <laughs> If I work this hard for myself or for someone else, I can work much harder for myself. So I started a vegan cleaning company and that lasted five minutes. Um, And I think failure, that really taught me that failure is not the end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have rejection, you have redirection, that whole understanding. So then I was like, okay, well, let me, let me try this granola that I made. And then my friends were like, oh, let me try it. Oh, snaps, you should sell it. Now, these were people that weren't necessarily vegan. You know, I'm Jamaican. So, um, you know, they said you should bag this up and sell it. And then, you know, that was when I decided to start my own company, Food Base. Um, and it's been four years now. And I can't say I've loved every minute of it, but I've loved every lesson in it. That's awesome. 
Yeah. That's why you know you got the stamp of approval too when someone who's not like vegan or vegetarian loves like either what you made or like a lot of times in my case like I'll take someone somewhere and they're like not even close to being vegetarian and then they have it and they're like wow this is amazing so it's like when you can sell to those folks like that's yes. when you know it's a good product you know definitely I enjoy... I'm sorry I was just saying definitely cosign 100 percent. I enjoy when I, I have those customers that like I don't drink strawberry milk like that's not I don't do that I don't that's not me why are you putting strawberries <laughs> right like it's two separate entities don't confuse the two I'm just like, okay, we'll try this. And they end up loving it. That is when I'm like, yes. When you why would someone not milk. like strawberry? Right? I'm like, what's wrong with these people? I was surprised. Like, I couldn't believe it when the guy was like, I don't do that. No, I have a question. Very- do you think strawberry milk is a black thing? Because, like, looking back through my life, I'm like, whenever I had strawberry milk, like, I was not with the white half of my family. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, like... <laughs> I'm wondering um, if that has something to do with it. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I didn't. I didn't actually enjoy strawberry milk until high school. And down yeah. south, it's like it's a game changer. It's like milk. It rubber really is. I had it with everything. <laughs> school look. School lunch. I just want. Give me two. I was. I was. <laughs> She's like, give me two. I wanted two strawberry milk. Thank you. One for the beginning and one for the end. Thank you. Yes. So, I, miss I don't know. Milk days in Florida. Yep. In Florida schools growing up. I remember that. <laughs> so we have like so many different people on the podcast that have done a variety of different things. We've never had anyone that's done close to what you do for a living. So we're really excited to hear a little bit about like the journey of starting your business and what that looked like. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I started something that, at the time, veganism wasn't that big a deal. Like, there were little yeah. whispers about it, you know, um, this is before Beyonce went vegan, you know, when Beyonce went vegan, yeah. the world went vegan, child. So, this is right before <laughs> that inception, and um, I was concerned that people, they immediately, once they heard the word healthy, they'd be like, oh, no, child, it probably just tastes gross, because that's what happened to me. I went vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a sweet tooth. I need something that's good and sweet. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can put some Lowry seasoning salt on whatever and make it taste good. But as far as sweets are concerned, there's texture that's involved. There's mm-hmm. the right amount of sweetness. And so when I made my own granola, um, it had a lot of qualities in it, like it was gluten-free. It was all of these things that, you know, are in the healthy department. Um, so I really didn't tell my friends when I jumped on the doctor. Like, oh, I just made this. And that really set the course for my mission at that time, to show people that plant-based isn't scary. It can taste good or better, you know, uh, than what you normally eat. I've always wanted Sweet Utopia to be an option. So um, I was at an open mic that I had hosted. It's called Writer's Block, and it's still going on now. Um, And I had bags of granola, and everybody liked it. I mean, the feature freestyled about it, and I recorded that to humble myself. You know, um, and once she freestyled about it, I was like, okay, I'm going into business. I can do this. People who don't know what healthy is, people who don't know what gluten free is, people who don't know that, you know what, peanuts, you may have a sensitivity to that as well. So I'm using almond, um, almond butter instead of peanut butter for my base. Like, they just had no idea. It had chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, cranberries, co- mm-hmm. it had everything you could imagine, and they enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, I got this. Um, 
And so when dealing with food, I realized that, you know what, I need to take care of making sure I have my permit, making sure that I'm legit. Because the last thing I want is to show up with bags of granola to a business and be like, can you buy it? And they're like, um, did you just make that from your house? Like, no, we're not doing this. So I made sure that part was taken care of first. Um, and then I contacted Nature. Now, this was a cafe that used to be in front of, used, yes, and I frequented there a lot um, when I was in college. So when I went in, they were under new ownership at the time, which was great for me. And she's like, hi, um, I'm, I'm sorry to need company. And I was wondering if you guys had any baked goods that you needed for vegan. Um, and they were like, well, yeah, we need some cookies and stuff. So definitely, and it was, it was easy. It was like that. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to send an invoice. I barely knew, like, is there a 30-day, 20-day, 15-day mark where they pay the invoice? How do I drop it off? Like, it, it was all very new to me, but I jumped in, and then word of mouth came along. Like, that was a big deal. People started hearing about, oh, there's a gluten-free bakery. Um, and so then I started doing brownies and cookies, and um, then I got into homegrown co-op. And so then I realized, okay, well, I'm washing all of this down with regular boxed almond milk, and I'm not satisfied. I'm bored. I'm bored with almond milk. I'm bored out of my mind. And then I was annoyed with all of the ingredients in the box. And I was like, yes. I'm, finally, I'm finally trying, you know, to adapt a new diet and lifestyle, and it's about transparency. Mm -hmm. So if I see all of this, and I have no idea what it is, I have no idea what it does to my body, like, I'm just, I'm no longer interested. And this is, this is not, you know, to throw shade at any of these bigger companies that are pressing out an alternative milk. You know, you're still, you're still hoping towards a greater cause. But for me, I just needed something simple, straight to the point, and I was also bored. So I needed a flair with it. Um, so I started pressing my own milk. I started adding chai, because I like milky tea. So I would add chai to my milk mm. and the granola. And I was like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> and then I was like, well, let me try chocolate milk. Let me see how that, ooh, what's that? And then I started adding more flavors, and then I put it on, on homegrown shelves, and that's really where it started. Um, I was great friends with Celine, who's the owner of Valhalla and Valkyrie. And once again, this is all before, you know, vegan was a big deal. She was selling the world's best vegan cupcakes, okay? I will stand to that till I die. She was selling these cupcakes at a uh, little farmer's market, at Audubon Community Farmer's Market. That's how we met. And when she opened up Market on South, she made sure I was in Market When she opened up Valkyrie, she made sure I was at Valkyrie. So um, the one thing that I will say when starting a company is if you started purely off of passion, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you in the long run. I think we need to use passion as the motivator, and we need to use maybe logic to take care of the business part. Um, because I was still trying to figure out what Sweet Utopian was. Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't. I didn't think, oh well, I'm going to be a granola company for the rest of my life, or I'm going to be a you know a gluten-free company. Like right now, I don't even say that Sweet Utopian is vegan. It happens to be, but there are so many ideas about healthy and so many perspectives on vegan now that you know it's, it's a sensitive world and maybe it's always been a sensitive world we just see it now all over social media but um now it's plant-based you know so that's if i could give advice to anybody who wants to start a business regardless of what it is clothing t-shirt 
you know, let your passion motivate you and use your passion towards creativity, not necessarily towards business. You need strategy and logic, and you need to have capital. Don't be starving for three dollars in your bank account like I did. <laughs> Look, girl. Um, True. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really the story, and, and um, I've I've always been an advocate for people being um, entrepreneurs, especially black young women yes um now is the time if 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 you are thinking about starting a company now is the time um blackness is beautiful it's always been people are just figuring that out now unfortunately so um if 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 you're interested if you're thinking about it start don't wait and that's one thing that i would love myself always for is being impulsive when it came to okay i'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. you know um, do I wish I had a little bit of logic? Do I wish I had a little bit more of a business background? Absolutely. But you know, that's that's what time is for. It's to teach you lessons. So here we are today. And I'm doing an interview with you. You're special, you know. You are special. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think it's important to take the jump because, you know, I was talking to a friend and she was like, if you knew everything like would be the way that it was now, do you think that you would have gone into business? And I'm like, I'm not 100% sure because, you know, I've been an entrepreneur now for so long. There's been so many ups and downs and I've seen friends like not have those because they haven't been entrepreneurs. And I'm like, I don't know if I would have like, it's not that like I'm happy where I am, but I don't know if I would have had the balls, like knowing how hard it would have been to get through all of it. And so I'm kind of glad that I don't want to say I went in blind because I did do some research and whatnot, but like, I'm kind of glad I didn't know just how challenging it would be um, because you kind of have to go through those times to like have the rewarding times as well, you know? So yeah, I do think it's like, it's important to take your passion and kind of like run with it, you know, as much as you can. And I love that you went and, you know, like started just, Hey, reaching out to people and saying, going to people, you know, face to face that you, you spoke to often on a daily basis is a place you frequented. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. Like look around you and look like, where can you, like, how can you help your business with the people that you already know in your real community? So like you actually went to a place you frequent and said, Hey, like, can we do something together? And that's such a smart way to get started. I think a lot of people don't utilize the community that they're already in when they get started, you know? Absolutely. Sometimes when you're starting a business, the idea of what it's going to look like five years from now is where you're stuck at. Mm-hmm. You forget that the people around you, the places around you, this is this is this is the core. This is where your business is supposed to start. This is what you hone in on. Um, and so I know we're going to talk about community today, but that's community is everything. That yeah. is where you get your bearings. That I mean, if I hadn't met Celine, then I wouldn't have learned from her mistakes. And yeah. shout out to her because Valhalla is delicious. Yes. There's like times like where, cause like I live on the west side of town, so like there's literally times where like my husband and I look at each other and I'm like I'm hungry and we'll just like go all the way over there and whatever's left over, like we're like we'll take it, like we'll take it all. It's so good. And let me tell you that um, for my friend's birthday, he's a vegan as well, and he wanted to um, go to Voodoo Donuts, like that just opened over in City Walk for his birthday. We're like, okay, we'll go. So we waited in like a long freaking line and everything. And I was so disappointed. I was just like, listen, we have so many better options than this in Orlando. Like, no shade, but just that's real. It's, you know, what there's kind better. Of did you get? The, I got like, um, I got, I didn't even get only all vegan ones, but I got the vegan one that's like the, like, I guess it's a, like it a, was that bad. It was that yeah. Bad. And then I got like another, oh, I got the ODB. 
um, which isn't vegan, but I was like, I gotta have that because I got to because chocolate and stuff. Um, <laughs> so they were both good, but I was just like, it wasn't good enough for me to wait in this line when I could have just headed down to market on South. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, true story. You know? I feel like I talk about Valhalla at least three to four days out of the week. I mean, <laughs> like, remember, like yeah. seriously. And you were just like, if, if David doesn't get me a bouquet of donuts. Yeah, that was the, val- <laughs> the Valentine's Day, for real. When she had like the bay or whatever, like that really hot guy that hold the bouquet of donuts, I was like, that's what I want. I don't care about the man. I want the donuts. I want the bouquet <laughs> of donuts. The guy is cute. That's fun. Find him Orlando, but let's talk about these donuts, which... I'm not even mad about it. Like, for real. I might go this afternoon. I have tickets. Like, I, we were talking about, I have tickets to Fringe. I might stop by and give me a donut. Screw that. Um, so, I'm going to, like, switch gears a little bit about focusing a little bit on the word plant-based. Just because, in one, when you're like, I'm Jamaican and I'm, I'm also vegan. And my husband grew up, <laughs> his mom is vegan. And so, he's Jamaican. And he grew up in South Florida. And I'm surprised, like, you didn't date each other because he dated 20 Ashleys. <laughs> true true story he, he dated like 20 girls named ashley um so the fact that you guys probably lived like probably in a 10 mile radius of each other because he grew up um in sunrise uh down there and and literally was vegan i'm like i don't know why you didn't marry him you sound like you should have been soulmates <laughs> well let me get that number though <laughs> i mean hey, look if that means that we can have hazelnut milk every day Yes, please. I will. True story. We will share custody of this child. That's fine. I believe this is, look, sister wives. Let's do it. Um, no, but seriously, uh, because I feel like from the time when I met him, which was, you know, 2005, and that was, what, 13 years ago, learning so much about veganism, and I mean, I knew a lot about, his mom specifically used the words plant-based. That was the terminology she used for herself. Um, and the, the way she chose to live the life she lived. And I learned so much about alternative milks and I've tried probably every alternative milk except for goat's milk because I, I all the plant-based milks basically I've tried. So I've tried hemp milk, oat milk, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I feel like in the past 13 years, there's been such a shift and change in the plant-based community being so visible now, especially with fitness being more and wellness being more of a thing that the general population is um, focusing on with CrossFit blowing up. I feel like the keto diet, there's just so many different things that have helped bring this plant-based lifestyle to the forefront. Do you feel like there's some correlation between that now kind of blowing up? Like you talked about Beyonce becoming vegan, everybody became vegan. Uh, Do you feel like that helped with the success of your company a little bit? So with plant-based, this was something that the backlash of branding as a vegan company yeah. or as a gluten-free company. Um, and just that alone, when you have a lot of vegans speaking up and saying, you know what, this I can't consider this vegan because the origin of one of your ingredients right. is eco-friendly. Um, you know, it's just... You have to go. You have to go with the times. You have to change with the times. And so, absolutely, I believe that having a plant-based company, whether it's considered gluten-free or vegan, it's a specialty company. And now, specialty is getting a spotlight. There's gluten-free on almost every menu that you see. There's alternative dairy products on almost at almost every coffee shop and tea shop now. Where mm-hmm. that was never, you know, if you were to ask 
for almond milk or coconut milk at Starbucks, people will look at you like, no, honey, this, we have skim, 2%. <laughs> so, so now it's just, um, I think it's a beautiful thing to reintroduce this diet um, to the masses. You know, it's been here before. Life comes in waves. I've learned mm -hmm. that. Um, so the bell bottoms that were cool when we were in middle school, they're gonna they're gonna be cool again. Just give us some time, and it's the same way with any diet. Um, so then maybe now the question is, how long is this going to last? Because Atkins at one point was like the diet. True. That's what everyone was doing. You know, and then now veganism. You know, now we can see how skinny Beyonce can get just being vegan for thirty days or however long. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, well, damn, how long is this gonna last? But I think, I think on authenticity lasts at the end of the day. So if you have if you have a company pushing whatever kind of diet, as long as you're authentic about it, and you're not just trying to get out here and steal these people money. I think it'll last. And yeah, Beyonce helped me out. So thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> She really did. She really did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. After the hurricane last year, I thought I was gonna have to shut down. Because in January, I had a really bad business deal, okay? And I'm still paying for that. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna pick myself up and start all over again. And then the hurricane came. And everything but the agave is plant-based down to the tea leaves that I use. So, because my base, it sits in a walk-in, which is basically like a really big refrigerator. It's like a walk-in closet refrigerator. And everything went bad. Um, so when I called my liability, they were like, oh, you know, you're not covered for property damage. So, yeah, I was like, but I've been paying for this insurance for the last three years, what do you mean? And they were like, well, because you live in Florida, we just, we don't, we don't cover property yet. And so I lost all the inventory. Businesses weren't up and running a week after. You had to wait a while before you could go back to Dandelion Market before you could go anywhere. Um, and so at that point, you know, I thought, wow, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I put probably about like 50 bottles of milk on the shelves at Market on South and they opened up again. And the it was just so overwhelming. It was so overwhelming with how many people were buying like that. And so, yeah, I mean, yes, most of the time when there is a trend happening, yeah, if you if you get on the train at the right time, you can be a part of it. You can ride that wave as long as possible. But also when people genuinely just love your product, they're going to tell other people they're going to try it. And after something so devastating, everyone likes to come together and try new things or sit at the table. You know, food is a very, it's a big deal in our, in our country. And I think maybe in any country, actually, you know, food is what brings us all together. Mm -hmm. and so just to see that, it was, it was really cool. And that really helped with the success. And that's why I'm still here today, because of that hurricane. Yeah, that hurricane took down, like, more businesses than I anticipated it would just because of the amount of time that so many people were out of work. So I know a lot of people were suffering during that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So I have been a vegetarian for about 23 years at this point. I started when I was about eight because I just was a really odd child. And my mom says that I just walked up to her one day and I was like, I'm going to be a vegetarian. And she's like, do you even know what that is? And I'm like, this is a person that doesn't eat animals. And she's like, all right, if that's what you want to do, like, do you? And it was a really weird thing at that point because, like, no one knew what the heck I was talking about. 
Um, my mom was surprised that even I knew, but I had a great aunt that was like an animal rights activist. So I just kind of followed suit with all the things that she did. Um, but my mom had to go to the school and tell them, you know, hey, you know, my daughter wants to be a vegetarian. And they had to like, it was fun, funny, I actually had to go to the like teacher's salad bar to get a lot of my food. And then of course, other kids were like mad at me, but it's like, there weren't always like options for me to eat food, you know? So my mom really had to fight for me to like be able to eat like an, a normal lunch or whatever and have options because I didn't want to like bring my lunch all the time because I guess that wasn't cool when I was in fourth grade or whatever. I don't know what's going on at the point in time. But um, yeah, it's just been interesting over the years seeing like, you know, negative feedback about being a vegetarian, just like people being like, oh my God, are you getting enough protein? And oh no, like, are you getting all your vitamins and minerals? And I'm like, meanwhile, if I ate like a hamburger and some ice cream, y'all wouldn't have anything to say. So I don't know why you're up in my face about this. So I'm really interested to know, like, do you receive any negative feedback from creating like plant-based products and how have you dealt with that if you have? So food is a sensitive topic here mm -hmm. in America, okay? Especially in the South because you are prone to enjoying fried foods, okay? Um, red meat and a lot of cheese. That's just what it is. Soda is, you know, that's water <laughs> for a lot, of, uh, a lot of people. And so um, when you try to introduce something that is the exact opposite of what you're used to eating, you're gonna criticize that person. Why are, you, why are you trying to come up in here and change what's already good? Don't, don't try to fix what's not broken. Like, I, come on. And then there's also this side to food sensitivity where you feel guilty about what you're eating. And so when a person offers you something or just simply says, you know, I'm not going to, I don't eat meat or I don't eat cheese. Now it's all of a sudden you're insulted. And unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people are turned off at the idea of veganism because you have vegans or vegetarians or whoever they're also sensitive about what they eat so they're also coming to me and be like that's not vegan how, how could you eat that how could you do and now they're making you feel guilty about your choices so i've um you know i've experienced quite a bit of backlash from my family when i started this business um they were like why 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 are you doing this for what why don't, why don't you just use regular strawberry syrup and go put it in that red cap milk and be done with it? Like, why, why do you think that you need to change it? You know, all of these other, um, they were talking about silk in particular, you know, all of them are saying that they have more calcium than milk, but when you look on the, when you look on the box, it's synthetic calcium, it's not even real. So what are you doing? Um, and in the beginning I was super defensive because it was my, my baby, it was my, this is my inception. This is also what I chose to do with my life. So, you know, I immediately got insulted and I was that vegan that was like, well, do you know what you're contributing to and you know, all of this? And, and I think it's very much so like the, the Kanye effect when you're, when he was in college and he did the college dropout situation that he was very loud and proud about whatever he believed in, but half of the things he didn't have the whole story to you know, and it's, it's the same for me and a lot of new vegans, you know, it, it was very, you know, although veganism or vegetarianism is a choice, I felt like I had to defend it to someone who was questioning what I was doing. Now, um, 
I'm considered a laid back vegan. I don't really care for the terminology, but that is what I'm considered. I don't really care what you eat. So when people come to me and say, well, is this vegan? Is this really gluten-free? You know, like, is it really worth it? Why should I choose this milk over this? My answer is you don't, you don't have to. If you like this, now you have an option. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to try to convince you what you're doing to the world, what you're not doing to the world. Nine times out of 10, you already know. When you bite into that burger, you already know. You know what it is. When you get the fried foods, you know what? I don't, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to explain to you. I don't have to make you feel bad about your choices. The same way I don't want you to be all up in my plate at the dinner table, I'm not going to be all up in yours. Food is really supposed to nurture us. That's really what it's supposed to do. And, you know, when we cloud that with fear of the unknown or when we cloud that with um, any type of defense mechanism that may not be healthy when communicating to someone, you just, you mess up the whole idea of food. And now you're using it to soothe or to fill in a void rather than simply enjoying yourself or giving yourself some type of nutrients, you know? So, and that, and I really feel like when someone gets backlash for trying to do something new or trying to do an alternative, that's that's just because we all fear change, you know, or we're, we fear being told, you know, what you've been doing or what you're doing is wrong. Um, and it's this concept that we come up with in our heads before the person has even approached us, you know. So um, hopefully, with the the direction that Sweet Utopian is going, um, it allows people to understand like look, this is a beverage. You know, even if we want to take out the milk with the sexy wine, this is a beverage. This is a choice. You can have this. You can have water. You can have soda. You can have lemonade. But this is an option for you. And if this happens to make you feel a little bit about your eating habits or your day, girl, I'm all for it. Do what you want. No one is going to sit here and really judge you. They're just worried about themselves. So, yeah. Mm, you're speaking to my spirit because I feel <clears throat> alternative lifestyle choices that are typically outside of the norm of what your culture is doing. Because it's not really people think there's a generic, it's just your culture specifically in your little mm-hmm. tribe in your little area, if, the people you grew up around. And I know um, certain you may, like it's my husband, it's so funny, like the differences between like my husband's mom and my husband's dad, because his family, it, that side of him is not vegan at all. Like they're like, whatever give us all the meat, give us all the things. And that was one of the things that was criticized a lot about, you know, his lifestyle growing up is that his mom chose to be plant-based. And um, so that was kind of like a, always like a jab thing. Like, oh, you're going against the grain of what you know. And, you know, she grew up in Jamaica. She was born there. My husband was born there. So that's so uh, somewhat against the culture, but it's not because there are people in Jamaica who don't eat meat at all. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different, yeah, yeah it's so crazy to me. So it's so funny how people, and I find this among minorities a lot, especially is that the they tend to just pick at what's different a little. I mean, I know white people do this too as well, but I know specifically from my family, um, us not choosing to, to cook meat at home. And, uh, you know, my mom gave me a lot of nonsense about it and she still does. She'll be like, oh, what'd you eat for dinner? And I'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, where's the meat? And she doesn't ever all the time and i'm like it's 2018 you've been asking me the same question for 10 years are you not bored are you not tired is your soul your spirit not tired but it's really just because like you said people fear change um 
And and that's their you know it's their prerogative. I don't I no longer I mean and I think when we're younger we tend to think of it as an attack on us and a, and what we're choosing to do and our choices and it's not an attack on your choices like you said it's definitely an attack from someone feeling uncomfortable with change and, and the fact that change is always happening consistently and if you grow if you grow if you raise a child um, and you think you know your child and your child all of a sudden is so different from you or chooses to do things alternative all completely alternate than what you do as a person or as your adult choices you you tend to just almost look at it i think parents look at it as kind of like a what i did was not good enough for you a lot of times like it's kind of like an insult to their parenting and well yeah i could totally totally see that because john john had been together for 13 years and his mom still acts like he's gonna die right he doesn't and like I didn't make him a vegetarian. We were together for I mean, we had to have been together for like six years before he became a vegetarian. And for him, he really stepped down. He's technically a pescatarian, but like he doesn't eat any red meat, any chicken, anything like that. And literally, like every time she comes to visit, she'll be like, Are you okay? Are you eating enough? And I'm like, John is not small. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, John is not a small man. So I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, look at his shoulders. He's clearly fine. Like, like, what do you, I don't understand. I'm just like yeah. laughing because like, I'm just imagining like John who looks like Thor walking into a room and somebody being like, you're so frail, honey. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you not getting your protein like from animals? <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah literally acts like he's frail and I'm just like I literally don't like John is the type of person that like my family will come together for like a meal and then after everybody's had like their share he's like is everyone good and then everyone's like yeah and then he'll go and take the pot and eat the rest of the food that I'm <laughs> like <laughs> like he's doing just fine <laughs> yeah he's my mother did that as well you know um when I was 14 um I just didn't like the way milk made my body feel um and i just i hated it so i was i was drinking soy milk the very vanilla silk soy milk yeah oh you already know and she would be so annoyed with it and she would talk about it to other family members in front of me like bullies do to kids in school. yeah right yeah <laughs> it was just it was it was kind of a little trauma just a tiny bit traumatizing because it's just like well damn you know if i choose not to eat this pork chop that you make and you gonna be mad about that too yes That's the answer is yes. <laughs> yes yes and mind you i had the mom that as soon as dinner was ready she'd yell it out everybody needed to come yeah. right then and there she needed that instant gratification so yeah that initial journey, you know, where my veganism actually kind of started, um, yeah, it was already traumatizing. But oh it's also goodness. traumatizing to her as well because this is not something she's familiar with and it's in her house. Yeah. Uh, and her child that, just like you said, you know, raised them a certain way and when they become something completely different, it's kind of like, oh, what did I do wrong? Yeah, totally. Or what funny. should have I done? I was say my mom, like, my mom was a vegetarian before I was born. And I guess like she was kind of raising me as one, but then I saw like a happy meal and I was like, I want that. And she was like, all right. Cause she had never like explained, you know what I mean? Like I was only like five. Um, so it's been interesting because like once I became a vegetarian, she went back to being one. Um, but then she cooked meat for my younger brothers who are seven years younger than I am. And then one of those brothers ended up becoming a vegetarian. And then one still isn't to this day. So we all have very different like paths of what we eat. 
But my mom and I are like borderline vegan. Ben is like strictly vegetarian. Like he eats cheese probably like every day. And then Alex, he'll eat meat, but it's like he's very particular about it. It's all like free range and everything else like that. Um, Well, it's really interesting. But my mom did have that experience in the 70s of like, she was one of those first people that would like go jogging and like go to a health food store. And like she worked at Chamberlain's Health Food over in Dr. Phillips and like, Everybody was like, you're so weird. And like, my grandparents were like, why are you working out? Cause like people just didn't do that then. They just would like eat a little bit less of the regular bad food that they would eat, I guess, instead of like eating healthy and like working out. So it was just interesting how, and, and my mom is white. So I think that like, maybe that's something that was happening in white families at the time. I don't know, but it, it's very interesting how, you know, it's, it, it definitely is something that people really like judge about and are uncomfortable about. And, you know, it got to a point in my family because there's a lot of, like, I would say five people are lactose intolerant and we're on that side, we're Italian. So my grandmother would make three lasagnas. One would be vegetarian, one would be lactose intolerant, and one would be regular. So, you know, they, my family, on like, I will say they did a really good job of going the distance to make sure we were really comfortable. But it was one of those things that I really wasn't really prepared when I, like, would start eating with friends because my friends were, like, freaking out. And I was like, oh, isn't this totally normal? Like... And they were like, no, girl, it's not. So even to this day, people will find out I'm a vegetarian, and then they'll freak out and be like, oh, my God, did I choose the wrong restaurant? Is this place okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I can always figure out something to eat wherever I go. Like, I'm very chill about it, you know? And if it's a place that we go to for the ambiance and there's not going to be a lot of options for me, I'm going to have, like, a smoothie beforehand and then go and eat, like, sides. It's not a big deal. It's really not. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if if you feel wrong about you know indulging in things that may not necessarily be a part of vegetarianism then i completely understand but if there's a moment in time especially to the people who are trying out new diets now where you know um you're invited to go out and you feel completely uncomfortable because everyone knows what you can't eat on that menu you know, order what order what feels the closest to whatever diet you're trying to be a part of. There should be no anxiety with food. And unfortunately, you know, there's an industry that that penalizes you for eating certain things. You know, and I think it's it's mind blowing, and it's and I think it's a little worse for us because we're in the south. Yeah. So I mean, it's like Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King, every point. It's just like a wall of everywhere. You know. <laughs> So, um, I just don't want there to be any anxiety about food. I'm great. I'm glad. I'm grateful. There we go. I'm grateful that you had such a good experience growing up with the specialty and variety of foods available. My family was just like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna eat this beef. You're <laughs> eating anything. You know? Look. And yeah, it just, it, you know, I had to get my own job so that I could buy my own plant-based products. You know, until my mother decided, okay, you know, maybe I can go along with this, you know. Maybe, maybe I, you know, Ashley's not going to change. This is something that's not going to change about her. She's been drinking this soy milk for two years now, so I'll just start adding it. And it took a while, it took a while for her to accept it. And even now, she's still asking me, where is the protein? And it's basically like, you know, the protein really comes from plants. Mm -hmm. Cows eat the plants to get the protein. Yes. So I'm just going directly to the source, mom. Well, 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 where are you getting it? It's in broccoli. And she just, she can't accept the fact that protein is in broccoli. She can't accept that it's in kale. She can't, she just, she won't accept it. But you know, you love her anyway. Yeah. 
Truth, truth. We're gonna switch gears a little bit because I'm super. I feel like we talk about this, this podcast is like partially like, hey, this is business and life and important, and then the other half is like, here's a necessary conversation about Orlando that if you don't live here, you don't care about. Um, but we're gonna talk about Orlando some more. So you guys, you're used to it now if you've been listening this long. Uh, so how well, has? Side note, not to cut you off, but I do hope that because we're like the most visited city, like I think in the world, literally. Um, I hope that some people that are, like, going to come to Disney or Universal will take the time to, like, go to the other side of town and check out some of these businesses we talked about. Because, honestly, like, we're one of, like, the foodie destinations. Like, we have great, delicious food here. And also some other cool stuff, but mostly the food. So <laughs> if you're listening and you don't live here, like, next time you go to Disney, like, go go through the podcast, make a list, and be like, these are the places I'm going to eat. Because let me just tell you, the food in, in Disney area is trash. So unless you go to Animal Kingdom. So, <laughs> Ashley, um, how has the, and we talked about it a little bit after the hurricane and, and some of the great support there, but how are some other ways that the local community here has really allowed you to help uh, expand your business just from being the girl who brought granola to this one farmer's market to now putting in products of, you know, your milks and everything else? Word of mouth. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing. Um, one thing that I've learned about a lot of the plant-based business owners in Orlando is that well, we're all kind of like a family and nobody really wants to step on anyone's toes. So for instance, uh, Celine will not do gluten-free because there was a time where I did gluten-free. And so if somebody came to her, oh, I need a gluten-free this, and she would refer me. I would eventually get that client, offer them something and be like, well, oh, I, you know, I need this. And I said, you know what? I know someone who does that. And it would just be this melting pot of referrals. It's like a, a recycling word of mouth conversation that's happening all over Orlando. The community has been amazing. I mean, Nikki from Orlando Vegan, if, if I'm ever having a pop-up or an event, she posts about it. If any plant-based business, whether small or in a brick and mortar or about to franchise, she posts about it. Um, there are different um, chat groups in Facebook specifically for Orlando, um, where if anything new is coming, if any if new product is coming, if there's another pop-up event, everyone knows about it because we all we kind of are like a little family, and maybe a little dysfunctional one, but nevertheless, <laughs> we're <laughs> we're a really tight community, and there's point of resource for everyone. Whether you're thinking about trying to do something vegan, if you're looking for vegan milk, everyone kind of knows, try out Sweet Utopia. There's also another vegan milk company, Swell Milk. Try them out. Um, I think there was one, the Nut Milk Man, by uh, my friend Fonda, but I don't know where it is now. It might still be at the district, but you can try that out. You know, People are not afraid to say, you should try this, you should try this. And um, yeah, Orlando plant-based business owners, we are a really close family. We really try to reach out and not step on each other's toes. Um, if someone is looking for a certain product that they know the other business owner offers, we're going to give you that referral. We're not just going to say, oh, no, sorry, we don't have it. But we have this instead. You know, we're not trying to poach customers or anything. We're just trying to share the love. Um, but amongst that, I have these, un I mean, just I don't, I'm, I'm, I can't call them fans, 
but they're just part of the utopian family. And when I tell you, they will yell at me if I don't post when there is milk available because they need to know. And it's not even so much if, you know, that they like the product, but it's supporting my business. It's supporting my mission, my passion. You know, it's supporting it. Mike Scott, he's a great example. Um, Mike Scott used to buy my milk uh, at Market on South when it first came out. And the milk at the time was, I think, like $6.50 at the time. And I undervalued my company. So I changed the price, which is now eight fifty. That includes tax. Um, and Mike, Mike, he came up to me and he was like, you know, it's only because you're a black young woman that I'm paying $8.50 for this bottle. <laughs> like, it's, it's good milk. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, some of these flavors I've tried to replicate and I can't, but I'm just letting you know, I support you in your business. And um, that made me feel really good. So, I mean, the Orlando community is awesome. I think the real challenge is going to be expanding from the Orlando community onto other cities and states. Go to Tampa. Tampa is a big deal. It is. Plant-based? Oh my gosh. Um, I know a guy, so we'll talk about that after the podcast because I might have somebody to put you in touch with. But I was going to say, you can really charge whatever you wanted because it's delicious and I'm never going to take the time to make it. So I didn't even know it was $8 because I didn't care. It could have been $100. I just go up and I'm like, here are all the things that I want. Look. I didn't even know. Look, you were like $8. I was like, oh, I spent $8 on this milk. I don't care because I went up and I just bought it. I didn't even look at the receipt. I didn't ask for a total. I was like, I'm here for donuts and I'm here for milk <laughs> oh my goodness that's so funny <laughs> thank you yeah it's definitely worth the money like it's just so good like I, I just really wish that I hope everyone that is listening that's in Orlando goes to drink it if they haven't already so they can understand what I'm talking about but I'm again like people that are visiting need to try it because it's delicious like we have we just have really great like plant-based food here that's like actually like hearty and like makes you feel like full and like it's like comfort food because that's the thing is like I grew up a vegetarian but I also love comfort food like I'm black and Italian like that is what I'm like when I go into the kitchen like that's the type of food that I like so that's what I love like about Market on South and like even like ethos and places like that that they have like hearty food you know so you're like you're actually like feeling full and feeling like good and like sweet food because I'm like I'm definitely like have a sweet tooth so not lettuce on a plate you know exactly yeah it's yeah. a real experience like people will always be like oh like we're going out to eat somewhere like do you want a salad and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> Because my mom eats salad all the time. She's a big salad person. I'm like, I ain't got time for that because I got all these other things I got to eat. So I got to eat tacos. So, like, I can't really have that salad. So sorry about it. (laughs) So what is a day in your working life like? Now it's more structured. I will say in the beginning, I mean, the schedule is just a mess. But um, over time, you figure out what works. So on a working day... Um, when I wake up, I have a ritual. Okay. Um, I have three different rituals and for the working day in particular, it's 
you know, I need to feel energized. I need to feel ready and positive about the day. I'm going to tackle my challenges. I replace the word problems with challenges. Um, so it'll include some meditating, some dancing, and I make sure that breakfast is a big breakfast because too many times I've walked out of my house rushing to take care of business and in the midst of it all, I shut down. So big breakfast is important. Then I'll head um, to either Starbucks or my kitchen um, and get on the laptop. If I have emails, if I have inquiries, if I have business opportunities. Um, right now, we're gonna be looking for a co-packer because some really good things are happening. Um, but if I need to do research, that's what happens first during the day. Um, and then filling inventory happens at the leg end when I'm sick of staring at a screen. Then I take care of inventory. And I like to do that all online because it just it simplifies everything for me. Then I'll get into the kitchen. Uh, and I'll probably be there for about mm, six, seven hours. Um, and I'll press and bottle and label. And then delivery girl will come. She'll drop off wherever she needs to drop off. I'll have a meeting with my marketing director to talk about what are the goals for the next month um, and what are the goals for the end of the year. Like we constantly talk about goals, whether it's her goals or Sweet Utopian's goals or my goals. I want to make sure that I'm aligned with the, with the people that are working with. I'm aligned with them. So if your goal is to be a marketing director uh, or have your own um, firm or you know whatever you want I want to make sure that I'm contributing to that. I don't want this to be a waste of time and I need good energy around me all the time so um, yeah we talk a lot about goals um, how we implement them how uh, how we have roadblocks and how we tackle those roadblocks and then you know I will find time for my mom because she calls every day and I've just um, had to deal with it and accept it so I'll find time and I'll talk to the same girl Yes, yes, overbearing, but lovable mother. Um, so, you know, I'll find that 20 minutes, and the 20 minutes she already knows, like, mom, love you, gotta go. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll try to find time for my friends and to go out to eat or something like that. I really, like, at night, though, I really like to watch TV while I'm eating or snacking. And then once I cut it off, I go take a shower, and then I get into bed, and then I read before I go to bed. And that really helps with my sleep. Um, yeah, and that's really a, a typical working day now. Well, that's it. That sounds actually pretty, yeah, like not super hectic. Yeah, thank you. It's like taken that. a while to get here. I like that, yeah. I like it a lot. It sounds Probably cute. A little, a little relaxing a little bit, actually. Thank you. I'm like, yeah, I want to come, like, put labels on bottles. <laughs> like, I'm like, how do I come <laughs> do that? That's a, like a cute job. I'm, I'm very impressed with, I think that that's, of all the, like, Day, like, because we ask this question a lot, like, what does your day look like? And I feel like you have it the most together. <laughs> of everyone we've ever asked. Thank you so much. I will. I mean, listen. Last year, when I had to let go of the pastry chef, the presser, the delivery, like when I had to, let, it was a whole different other situation. There was no morning ritual, getting up and dancing and meditating. Like there was no time for that. It was making a smoothie or, or getting a smoothie at Smoothie King, which I, you know, I'm not gonna say anything about, but you know, getting a smoothie or something quick so that I could start the day and I would burn out so quickly because I was doing everything. When you overextend yourself, 
you miss out on opportunities, you miss out on the quality, you're more concerned about the quantity, and it's just, mm, it, it's, it's a thing that it, I think maybe it pushes you, I think that is a challenge. You know, once you find yourself in that position where you're now breaking, you're no longer bending, you know, you are breaking, that is an opportunity for you to decide what you refuse to do during the day and what you have to get done during the day. We hear this term so much about prioritizing and managing your time well, but that's all that we get. Like we don't get the hows and the whens and the whys and the ifs and what if this happens and where do I do, you know, we don't really sit down and think about it. And, I, and I, I've realized that it's really about your day. You are the only person who really knows what goes on. You say you're working 40 hours, but you're really only working 20. And the other half, you're just stressing or you're on the computer or you're on your phone and you're wasting time. So when we were talking earlier, I was thinking in my head, like, I need more time that immediately kind of put like a checklist in my head, like, where am I wasting time? Because 24 hours, that's a lot of hours in a day. So where am I wasting time? It made me think about it. But um, yeah, you know, it took a while to get here. And it's only going to grow into a more complex or simplistic schedule as the years go on. It just, I had to make that decision to take out time for myself, take out time for things that mattered. And really prioritize during the day. That's so awesome. I feel like um, switching gears a little bit, we really hadn't seen the inside of what the pitching process looks like for food-based businesses to restaurants until Shark Tank. And that was immediately, I feel like the American public got an idea of what that process looks like. And a a little bit, just a small snippet, because obviously cameras can't go everywhere and and show everything. And it really wasn't the just the Shark Tank show itself, but really like behind the Shark Tank when they went behind the scenes with the sharks, with the companies that they had invested in. And you got to see more of these little small companies, one owner, two owners, taking these ideas that they had, whether it be granola, whether it be food for pets and going into Whole Foods or all these other big box retailers or even larger restaurants and saying, hey, we want to put your products in your store. So I kind of wanted to get an idea for those who haven't been able to see that or maybe didn't know that that was a thing that we we are privy to now or people who have always questioned, what is it like pitching your product to new businesses or restaurants? Because I think with Selena, it kind of worked out because you guys have similar, and she's so sweet, first of all. She's like the nicest person I've ever seen on the internet and seen in real life and just admire from afar and never say, hey, I know you from the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's always been so nice because I, I followed her like a long, long time ago. I think this was around the time when I was looking for, um, I think it was something for my 21st birthday or something. And the only bakeries that were vegan that were Rhapsody, that was downtown mm-hmm. on Mills and Valhalla and that was literally it and that was like through me digging through Facebook and trying to find those two and um since Rhapsody's closed um Valhalla's still around and I actually just ordered my birthday cake my daughter's birthday cake from there um this December and I just having her online and she was really like when she was really in control of her social media back then she was so like active and and so sweet and so nice and so I I never like want to bother her when I see her on Marketing South but I'm always like you're the cutest, nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> so I feel like it did. Uh, it worked out well for you guys to partner up and really, uh, you know, elevate each other and each other's businesses and really grow. But when you're approaching newer companies or new restaurants or new product uh, places, uh, what does that look like? And is it nerve wracking? Because I feel like I would be nervous to take my product. And I, that was one of the things with the stationary shop of me never, I literally never pitch places. I saw places, I walked into places that were local. I knew I could pitch them. I never did it because I was just like, okay, I actually brought products one time to a place and I just like took it and I walked away. <laughs> I never talked to the person who owned the yeah. store. 
Um, it was like, what is that process like? What does that look like? Because I, I just, I've never fully done it. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about what that's like for you, um, especially having a food-based business because there's so much, like, I guess, legality involved with permits and stuff. So My first job was at Lint Chocolate. It was in the Sawgrass Mall, um, which is basically like video games, clothes. Yep. Nobody really wants to buy high-end foreign chocolate right? <laughs> um and and you know like a box of chocolates would be like 50 50 and nobody knew about this chocolate this is before lint was on the shelves yeah and um the one thing that i've taken from that first job is believing in what you're selling it's one thing to do things out of desperation like oh i need the sale oh i need this vendor oh i need this retailer oh, I need this account, I need this, I need to pay the bill, but it's another thing to say, man, you know, like, this product, I believe in this product, and I know that if you believe in doing what you want, if you believe in empowerment, if you believe in trying out something new and, and not really concerned about what other people think, then I think this is really going to work for you, you know, I think you should give it a try. Um, so, bringing that into present day, for the last for the last like six months, I really haven't had to reach out to retailers. They've reached out to me, Ooh. which is like, you know, I'm feeling all you feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling good about myself. Um, but this is now a challenge that I'm actually working on, um, expanding um, out of the city and hopefully out of the state. So with this, um, I will say you need to know your numbers. So if, if a business is interested, okay, um, before you even get into the conversation, um, I know that they're going to make 30% margin or more for my product. This is going to work for both sides, financially, okay? So that's taken care of. Um, you also need to make sure it's easy to access, whether they're ordering from you, they're ordering from an online platform, if they're ordering by phone, it needs to be easy. The transaction needs to be easy. So you know what, delivery, don't worry about it. We got it. We deliver every every Friday and we deliver at this time or before this time. So you don't need to worry about that. I like to have all my ducks in a row before I even approach them. Because if I don't, then I'm going to be concerned about all of those other things, all of these questions that they're going to ask me that I'm not sure about. So I'm, I'm going to walk into their confidence, period. Also, I kind of know that my product is awesome. Because I wasn't, I wouldn't really put, you know, crap on the shelves. So that, you know, that's another thing that helps out a little bit. Um, but for me, I think the main thing about that transaction, as far as approaching new businesses, is trying it before you buy it. Um, if somebody came to you and said, you know, I have, let's say you're in the market for a dog that meows. <laughs> and somebody says, somebody says to you, I have a dog that meows. You know, okay, well, you know, I'm interested. Like, tell me a little bit about this dog. They tell you the color. They tell you, you know, how loud the meow is, et cetera, et cetera. They say, I'll give it to you for this much. And you have it. But if you had somebody who walked up to you and showed you the dog that meows, let you take it home, you spent time with it, so you know how the dog is at night, in the middle of the day, and at, in the morning, you, you've already experienced this. You're, you know whether or not you're going to want it. You know whether or not it's going to work for you. So I believe that with these businesses, I'm going to say, look, I'm not here to 
try to sell you something you don't need or something that your customers don't need. I want you to try it. Try it out. The finances are here. It's easy for you to access it. You're going to make money off of this. That's not the concern. The concern is, do people want this? This is something that people want. Um, so I'm thinking of giving them gallons to try out, to sample out. We can demo it if you want and see what the reception, what we get back from it. Um, and, you know, and social media has inspired that. Because now we live in a world where if it's popular, it's acceptable. Um, and if it's just popular in Central Florida, that's not to say that it's going to be popular in South Florida. Um, that's not to say that it's going to be popular elsewhere. So you know what? You're going to get your own amount of sweet utopian. You see if it's popular with the people that serve you and that you serve on a day-to-day -day basis. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, great. Because what I don't want is for a vendor to purchase my product and then never purchase it again. I want to keep that relationship. I want to keep that retention. And it's the same actually for the customers as well. It's not just um, bringing it to other vendors or retailers or restaurants. It's also with the customer. Like, I'm never going to force you like, oh, you should try this milk. It'll change your life. You know, like I'm not, nobody has time for that. You can try it. Let me know what you think. And then when you follow up with it, we got 30 other flavors. What's up? What you want? Say it is life changing though. I mean, as we're, it. It. as we're talking about it though, I'm actually like really craving it. So I think after this, I'm gonna go get some. I'm not even kidding right True. now. <laughs> Actual <laughs> truth. South only has three bottles. I got the call today, so you might want to go to Valkyrie. Good to know. I can't tell you how sad I am when I like show up at Market on South and it's not there, and I'm just like, wow, really? But and it's also like really late at night too, so it's like it's my own fault for going there so late. But you know. I just, can I please say this for everyone who's listening? Um, please call Market on South ahead of time. <laughs> this milk moves so quickly off that show. I cannot keep up with it. So just please call them ahead of time. You know, they welcome your phone calls because they also don't want to disappoint you when the product is not there or if it's not there. Um, but just call them ahead of time to see if they have milk. But yeah, Valkyrie is fully stocked, so they'll have milk for sure. Or... Uh, Little Blue Donut, yes. that's in Park, as well as New General. Um, those are other places that have the milk that's closer. Mm. So are you going to expand to grow like into a situation where you can just ship milk directly to my house? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in, in August, I am launching delivery, home delivery. And okay, Ashley. Okay, girl. Be careful what you ask for, because girl... Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you coming to Celebration, though, or just Orlando? Um, celebration. I don't think, I think, I think we'll probably be able to extend our mile radius next year. Right now, we're at an 11-mile radius. That's fine. I can send it to a friend's house. That's I cool. was literally just thinking, I'll send it to Dr. Phillips and go pick it up. That, girl, that's <laughs> yeah, cool. Like, let's say you work in town. It can be delivered to the office. Girl, I will show up at any of the co-working spots all day. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, wherever wherever you need it to be. If it's in the 11-mile radius, it'll be delivered straight to you, discounted with another coupon. Like, yes, it's going to be awesome. The cool thing about um, the delivery, though, is... Some of the flavors that you see on Market on South, yeah, they'll be there, but there will also be flavors that you'll never see at Market on South or any other retail. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. 
There's I'm Earl Grey. We're doing a cotton candy. Oh. Doing a cotton Did you party. say Earl Grey? Yes. Oh yeah. my. I am so. Yeah. I am yeah. so. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to um, expand the mission of you know doing what you want. Do what you want. I just happen to do milk. But do what you want and, and stop being so concerned with other people and their fears because that's all they're projecting onto you. You want to try milk that tastes like that tastes like chai? Try it. If you want to go try one of Dixie Dharma's awesome entrees, go try it. Just try it. Do what you want. Oh, yeah. So I had this client a few years back. Um, she's a black woman. And she basically, like, she she had like a candy apple boutique and she was kind of the only person in her field who was black and she like i was doing her branding and she was really really against the idea of being the face of her business and i had to really 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 push her to become that face and you know it, it ended up being the right move for her and she's still in business today and doing really well and branding is still beautiful and i love it i'm proud of it but you know it was so difficult to hear from her you know, I really don't know if I want to be the face of my business because I'm black. I don't know if it's going to affect my sales and those sort of things. Like she's just looking at it from a business standpoint. So we hear a lot of stories like that of, of black women being afraid to be the face of their product-based business. Have you ever dealt with that dilemma? Or do you know anybody that has in your industry? Well, um, when I started this business, it was based off of passion, right? So I didn't really understand marketing. I didn't, I didn't understand branding. I didn't understand any of that. And it's a double headed sword because double edged, sorry, double edged sword, because, uh, although you don't know who's, who's really making your product or who thought of the product that you're consuming or giving to your children, um, the product speaks for itself. When you see a bottle, you know what to expect if you've had it already. And if you don't, you're interested. Um, so me putting my face uh, in front of the company or in front of the product wasn't something that I thought about um, until later on when I noticed there was a really, this is a really big deal to kids. You know, like the strawberry milk, it's a serious thing for toddlers and kids. And so moms are buying this. And they're contacting me and they're taking pictures and they're posting it. And so I'm realizing that, okay, like, this is not just for people who can make their own decisions, but also, you know, children who have moms who are purchasing, like, this is, this is kind of a bigger deal than I thought it would be. And so then I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, um, not take responsibility, but just be more transparent. This, this is who I am. This is who's, uh, capping your bottles and, and putting them on the shelves and where you're going to pick up and share with your family. Like this is the person who thinks of all of these crazy flavors, um, and puts it on shelves. Uh, and at first I didn't really think about, Oh, you know, is my race going to affect my business? Is it, are people going to be turned off because I'm black? Um, and I own a company that's a little, you know, it's a little popular here. Are they going to be turned off now? Are they going to think otherwise? Are they going to have negative connotations? The same way people do with healthy, are they going to feel that same way about a black person running a, a food business? You know, um, I didn't, I didn't consider that at all. And I would have to say, ooh, I would have to say I'm lucky enough because I, I had to take my face down because I was getting calls that weren't about sweet utopians. 
hey, hey now. Um, which is how I met Mike Scott, by the way. Um, so <laughs> full circle, girl. Full circle. But um, you know, I think I think we just need to kind of get over it and really advocate diversity for business owners and, and being the face of other businesses. You know, like there are people who don't look like you that can make things that you haven't even dreamt of and you get to experience them simply because of where they come from, simply because they're different than you, you know, open your mind. Um, I, you know, I know chef, uh, Jen from Jenny, her face is everywhere. I know her face better than I know her food. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing with JP Morgan and Morgan. You know, you know what the guy looks like, you know what his voice, you know more about him than you know about his firm. Um, but then you look at things like Valhalla and Valkyrie, and there's not really a face there. You know, there's a product there that speaks for itself. So I've always looked at it like that. Um, but I've experienced racism in business. If you want to talk about that a little bit, we can. Girl, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, <laughs> oh. I was, it was my second year in business and I, I try to do everything by the book. Okay. Um, and I was ready to be a part of the chamber of commerce. I'm not going to say for what city. Okay. And the director, finally, he set a meeting up with me. I came with product. I came, you know, I dressed up like I was a professional, you know, I had a little pantsuit on, you know, little heels, had my hair tied back, minimal makeup. I was there to do a job, get in and get out. Um, I get there and the secretary says, oh, hi, can I help you? I'm like, hi, I'm Ashley for Sweet Utopian. She's like, oh, okay. And the director walks out. He's like, I heard Sweet Utopian. Are you her assistant or are you here on her behalf? Because we had only talked um, via email and over the phone and I said no I'm I'm the owner Ashley oh okay well come on in so immediately I felt uncomfortable immediately but I'm also young um, I'm also young in this business and I felt like I needed to be a part of Chamber of Commerce so I needed to do I just needed to deal with it as many of us as many of us feel and this doesn't just go for black people. This goes for mixed people. We feel out of place at times. You know, this, go, this goes for anyone. There's always, there's always something people are unhappy about when it comes to how you look. Um, but anyway, um, I sit down and, you know, he, he starts talking to me about the, the, the city and all of the things that he's done for the city. And uh, then I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, I've been here for 20 minutes listening to you talk, you know, can we get on with it? Not obviously I didn't say it in that way, but tried to definitely project that. And he said, you know, my wife and I love chocolate. And I was like, oh, well, that's great because I have brownies and I have cookies that have chocolate and I have this and I have that. So, you know, can we get this started? And then he, 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 uh, pats me on my thigh and says, oh no, honey, you're not, you're not the right fit for this. But you know, like I said, my wife and I love chocolate. All right. Oh my God. And it was at that moment that I realized that this man had belittled my skin color to 
only one thing that could serve him. And this is a man who had the power, it looked like, um, to help my business grow or watch it fail. Um, at that time, he also had the power to basically tell me that I was only going to be, I was, I was only going to be available, or I don't know how to explain it, but I was only going to be good enough to barely make it. Like you're not, you're never going to get to this point where these other businesses are, honey, just, you know, keep this as a hobby, go, you know, get in line with everyone else. And it made, it, it made me feel like this is going to be really difficult to be young, to be a woman and to be a black young woman in business. Chamber of Commerce is supposed to immediately say, yes, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take your money and we'll put your business up and, you know, we can have networking. That's what it's really supposed to be. If you want to be a part of it and you are a legitimate business and you've worked your, you've worked for it, um, you should have that option. And that was taken away from me because of his perception. Um, I want to fight this man. <laughs> Well, I'm grateful for him. It's just like the hurricane because then then you realize, you know what, this is not, this is a challenge. That's all that is, honey. Look. You know, now I've partnered with companies that won't even look at you. Yeah. You know, and I, and I hope that, I hope that he learned from that. I hope that, you know, he can see the, the little successes that I have and be like, well, wow, you know, maybe I shouldn't have judged her. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't have said those things to belittle her. Or maybe I shouldn't have given her a chance. You know, maybe that opened the door for new young black women business owners that approach him. Mm. You know, and and unfortunately, maybe it doesn't. I have nothing nice to say. So <laughs> I was saying, I, like I, I just thought it's the real. Like I was like, nope, can't say that. Can't say Look, that. Look, all the things that I have to say are not nice. I'm like, turn your location on, sir. Turn it yes. on. We will be <laughs> there. It's something that you know we all will experience oh, at yeah. some point or another, and it may not be our skin color. It may be something complete. It may be our hair. Okay. It may be something. It'll be both. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) for real. (laughs) Let's be real. And I went against the grain and locked up. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that I do, they're a rebellion, an act of rebellion. You know, maybe in the sweetest way possible, but it's still there in front of your face. So you know, um, you will experience it, but you know, just you know, if people are listening, once again, they're interested in becoming an entrepreneur or just honing in on their entrepreneurial skills. That is something you're going to face. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from. There's always going to be opposition. Just look at it as a challenge. Don't let it stop you from your goal because that could have easily crushed me down. Mm -hmm. My family didn't believe in my product. I only had two vendors at the time. Yes, it was awesome, but I was still a micro business. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this was my first time trying out anything like this. And that really could have, it could have been easy for me to just be like, you know what, I'm going back to FTOT, I'm going back to the engineering firm, and I'm just, I'm going to sit here pretty and make this money, because this man has told me that my business basically isn't worth it. It's not worth his time. But instead, I looked at that as a challenge. And today, two years later, I can be like, I don't need you. I never needed you. 
it's a shame that I thought I needed you, but I I don't need you. No, we're like definitely singing. Okay, we're gonna uh, wrap up a little bit, and we're gonna ask what you're working on, and what should we look forward to from you and Sweet Utopian, and share all the things outside of delivery because I already have an address that I'm gonna have to put down right now. So Uh, (laughs) it's fine. I'm gonna just move. I'm just gonna move. It's fine. It's fine. Just wait until next year. Wait until next year, and I got you. Yeah. So delivery in August. That's that's a really big big deal um i'm excited about that because a lot of people have been um i'm just gonna have been complaining that there isn't enough milk you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so now now you have the convenience of having it brought to your doorstep or your office um and you know you're going to experience flavors that you're not going to be able to experience anywhere else um i'm partnering up with I don't know if I can say it yet, but I'm partnering up with uh, other small businesses and we're going to do a really cool mm, dessert option. And it's going to include the milk and really cool, awesome, out of this world flavors. And it's going to be during the summer and it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait till that comes out. Um, in January, we're going to do um, a CrossFit and yoga tour. And we're going to be coming out with an adaptogenic line of milks. And it's going to be offered. I think I'm calling it recovery. I think that's the milk. I think that's the name that's in my head right now for the milk. Um, but it's basically going to help, going to help with uh, joint pain. It's going to relax your muscles a little bit. Of course, it's all natural, you know. Um, and we're going to go to different um, CrossFit and yoga studios and offer it there. And you know, give away a couple of gifts. Um, and that's, that's really about it. But I, I really am looking forward to expanding. Once this delivery takes off, um, it's going to open doors for getting into other cities and hopefully other states. Mm-hmm. A new website is coming, you know. People have been hating on the website a little bit, so it's good to have myself, you know, but it's cool. We got, we got some people who are going to help out. Um, and I will be hiring for customer service soon. How about that? Awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really what's going on. That sounds delicious. Like, <laughs> that makes me happy that you feel that way. Oh and also, like, we got a CrossFit and celebration, so you can come bring your milk there. I'm just yes. Like, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I will literally roll up to a CrossFit studio and buy milk and leave. <laughs> <laughs> and Angelica knows I will. Yes, that's Hot so milk. real. Hot mess. I will definitely find a vendor, um, hopefully Celebration or Kissimmee area very soon. If you have any in mind, please let me know. Girl, you know, you know I know, know some yeah. people. We got you. Let me know. <laughs> we got you. Okay, I am so thankful for this conversation. It has been so wholesome yes. and pure and amazing and this has been one of my favorites just because it's such a different business. We haven't really had anyone in the yeah, food space and have someone local and just the gems that you've been dropping for entrepreneurs and even women who are aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, I got all the notes and I'm very excited. So thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on and talking the talking about your life and what you've done and what you're going to be doing in the future. We're super thankful for you. So thank you. 
Thank you. Oh my goodness. No, this is the best. I wish I had milk to drink while I was listening. (laughs) I did not plan (laughs) properly. I'm gonna get some real this week. I'm like hooked like a person. Like I'm like I got a problem now. Well, I literally just texted my bestie who's vegan and told him let's go get milk so that he'll drive me. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, be prepared to follow Ashley and, you know, her journey and look forward to having Sweet Utopian products in your grocer or your vendor or your restaurant because it's going to happen. She's going to be global. Yes, I like that. Affirmations, affirmations. Thank you.